0: back to Real Voices of the Game. I'm Dave D'Agostino, and I'm joined here today by the star of our Hot hot Corner with Coach Sal, Sal Marinello, and the star of this show, AMBS, our Hall of Famer, Kevin Kernan. This is Coach and Kernan, episode 399 on the network. We surpassed our 62,000 mark uh, right after the new year, so about 62,500 subscribers. Thank you so much for your support. I want to just pump out our sponsor, Blackout Coffee, be awake, not woke. Make sure at checkout, use K-E-V-I-K-20, and we will have that pumped out on social media for you, so that way you can get a discount on AMBS in the new year here. We will have a new sponsor we'll be announcing uh, tomorrow, which is Jaw Bats, uh, one of the newest bat companies that Major League Baseball is sponsoring. And I hope you'll bear with us uh, today. We have two quick ad reads before we start our show. I don't want to do ad reads in the middle of the show and break up the content, so... Uh, before we, we get into that, I just want to welcome Kevin. Welcome back to your show, Sal. Welcome back. Great Happy to be back. New Happy New Year, everybody. Yeah, good to be here. And uh, p- please be patient with our ad reads here and, uh, you know, hope you don't skip through them, but these are two big supporters of ours now. Liquid IV is the category-winning hydration brand fueling your well-being. Their hydration multiplier is a great-tasting non-GMO electrolyte drink mix powered by cellular transport technology. To deliver hydration to the body faster and more efficiently than water alone. Hydration isn't only for people training for championships and marathons. It's about daily maintenance. I use it when I travel, watch my kids play in soccer or basketball games, back to, for back-to-back conference calls, or even neighborhood walks. Proper functional hydration is essential, and Liquid IV is the number one power, powdered hydration brand in America. Their hydration multiplier is the one product you're missing in your daily routine. For me, it's the Liquid IV flavors. They offer 12 unique flavors, from strawberry lemonade to Concord grape, my favorite, acai berry. One stick of Liquid IV in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone. It contains five essential vitamins with three times the electrolytes of leading sports drinks. It's made from quality ingredients, non-GMO, free from gluten, dairy, and soy. That's why I'm asking you, Take a look at this. This is for real people. It's got real flavors. It's real hydrating. And you can get 20% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use our code RVG at checkout. That's 20% off anything you order when you stop when you shop Better Hydration Today using our promo code RVG at liquidiv.com. Zencaster. How to start podcasting with Zencaster. It's now the all-in-one solution making podcasting easy. It's the ultimate web-based podcasting solution. It provides high-quality audio and video podcast production and hosting. With a full suite of professional tools, podcasters can seamlessly record, produce, and publish studio quality content all from one dashboard. Being a creator has never been easier. Why did I choose Zencaster? Three years ago, I had never listened to a podcast. Now I've successfully produced almost 400 podcasts in the last two and a half years, all using ZenCaster, And it's so easy. Log in using your browser and start recording a high quality podcast right away. Record studio quality sound and up to 4,000 videos with your guests. Feel a sense of Zen knowing ZenCaster's multi-layered backups. Ensure you always have your recordings in the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. And it's all in one. If you have thought about podcasting before and realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create your podcast all in one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and other major destinations. What am I asking from you? Go to Zencaster.com pricing and use my code, all capitals RVG, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. And there we go, our two first ad reads here. So, guys, with that, thanks for your patience. Welcome back to your show, Kevin. Hope you had a great Christmas and a new year. Sal, same to you. Um, enjoyed the article. So what's been on your mind the two weeks? It must have been, must have been percolating.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's been a great two weeks. Um, let's hope for a good new year. I think that the key for the new year is people really got to take control of uh, their lives. And, and for athletes, you know, we deal with so many young athletes, Um, really start working for yourself. You know, don't don't do it for anybody else uh, and make yourself the best you could be every day and try not, as crazy as this sounds, don't emulate what you're seeing in major league sports or in uh, football because you're seeing a lot of bad behavior now. Rise above. That would be my message. uh, Rise above. Now, you know, I I kind of... um, with my writing, I'm unique. Uh, I, I did a couple of col- my last two columns for Ball9.com and, and uh, really got terrific response. Some of the biggest responses ever because I've gotten to the point now where I've pretty much, you know, regular media, it's tough, you know. And uh, so I'm doing stories that I used to do in newspapers. But newspapers don't do anymore, quite frankly, for the most part. They, you know, most of your baseball coverage is now predicting where somebody's going to go, getting something fed to them by an agent or, or the league. There's no really creative. Um, it's not as creative as it used to be. Let me put it that way. No storytelling. But no storytelling at all. So what does that do for people who are reading them? You know, basically, you, you get in a X mindset where you just look at at the um, at, and that's this is how I thought of my latest column, just the, the thought process. And we'll let Sal jump in on some of the stuff that he does with his thought process as well. But but the thought process is like, you know, I was, I was sitting around the other day, obviously middle of January, early January, you're figuring, nah, you know, you really miss baseball. Been watching a lot of NFL, a lot of college, great stuff, bad stuff, but it's been there. So I, I went to YouTube and I, I put on a couple uh, This Week in Baseball old shows, you know, and... The highlights were fantastic. The writing was fantastic. Uh, You know, uh, the excitement of it, the the joy of the sport was there. And, And I'm thinking to myself, you know, we've become a society now where we see every highlight instantly almost or whatever. They're right at your fingertips. But after a while, it's just a it's a barrage of highlights. So there's no context. Whereas this week in baseball had a platform and a storytelling ability and they had narration. It had, uh, you know, Mel Allen and Warren Purcell. Um, It had great camera work. And now the camera work's even better and the mic's better. So it should be better. The point is, this week in baseball should be still on TV. And um, it should be something where we can celebrate the game and look at the game. And, and so I wrote the column and it got an incredible response. Even George Rohr, a pretty famous director, re- reached out to me. Uh, you know, he's Flagstaff Films uh, now and things like that. But he used to be with This Week in Baseball. And he was just so, so uh, he sent me a nice, a wonderful note about how, you know, uh, how I nailed it with this. And, and I believe a fast-moving show with good writing, highlights, bloopers, quick interviews, and a history lesson about baseball showing the personality of the game. That would be a win. And, but baseball is so detached from itself and what its fans want that it doesn't even have the common sense to have it this week in baseball show now. And it's really sad. And, and what I did with my story much deeper than this, even than this week in baseball, because it, again, it, it, it primed my interest. One of the segments I saw, they went back to Louis. They went to uh, it was the hundredth anniversary 1984 Louisville slugger famous bat company. And um, I actually been to the museum and they had some old footage there, and uh, I remembered my interviews and, and that I did with people there, I think, in 2013. An amazing place. I want to recommend, if you, if you happen to be in Louisville, if you're a young player, go, go see how, not only how the bats are made, but they have a vault room. And um, I'm going to explain this real quick, and then then, then we'll, we'll, we'll move on. But I'll explain later in the show how the bats got their connotations? Like, I was a big Mickey Mantle fan, and he had the M110. Derek Jeter used his whole career of the P72. Uh, Hank Aaron had the A99, and I will explain how that's all designated. And I and I'll tell you about my conversation with Derek Jeter, where Jeter didn't even know where his bat came from. He used that bat for every one of his 3,465 hits. Yeah, he didn't know the history of that bat. That was a great conversation I had with Derek at the time. And, uh, you know, so, that, so that's just a little bit of what's in this article. Highly recommend it. And it's a real simple headline, Bring Back Twib, you know, This Week in Baseball. And you'll find that at ballline.com And the other article was Joe Jackson. We can get into that a little bit later. But, uh, Sal, your thoughts on,
2: on really uh, getting yourself together in this new year? Well, one of the things you said, I just when you were talking about what's happened to newspapers, Kevin, I think what's happened is the sports section where, where there are still sports sections out here where I am forever. The Newark Star-Ledger, then the Star-Ledger, now it's NJ.com, who is in charge of what used to be the Star-Ledger. It's just a reprint of wire stories. And, and the few stories you get, it's basically just it's talk radio nonsense in print form which, you know, every time I look at the... My parents still get the paper. I was just looking at it yesterday. You know, you get one good article and then the rest is just pretty much nonsense. And they're actually going to stop printing, I believe my mom said, on Saturday, one of the day they're not... Which used to be a huge day for the paper. Um, and, and that's just to shift gears. And one more thing I want to say, you brought up those bat types, those bat uh, categories are actually, um, you know, the specific number. When I played high school, we still... Most of us were still using wooden bats, but the aluminum bat was starting to come into vogue, whereas we had used them all in Little League, but the good players that I were around was around that some of them some of whom went to play in college, all used wooden bats. And I loved the wooden bat, even in the crappy weather here in the Northeast. And I had a Joe Tory bat that had no knob at the end. It was just tapered down, and uh, that was my favorite bat. I used it. I had several of them. Uh, as a sophomore to junior, by the time I was a senior, it was hard to find them because the move towards the aluminum bats had really started really at uh, the full court press. And, and it just was, there's always something about holding a, a wooden bat and swinging a wooden bat versus the aluminum that you can't, you can't replicate with that aluminum or now I guess it's called a composite bat. I'm showing my age. Uh, as far as what I'm doing, Kevin, we've mentioned it before we went on the show that It used to be that politics was limited to the field of politics. But now, as most of our listeners, if not all of them by now, should recognize, you can't watch a game. You can't scroll through your social media feed and look at something, whether it's coming from the experts about fitness or health or nutrition or any related field. There's a political angle to everything. And the political angle, it's not anything to do with whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or a liberal or a conservative, you're going to have your choice. You have already had it, but you're not recognizing it. But now in this year, you're going to really see your choices on how to take care of yourself. And that's everything from how you eat to how you exercise to the medications you choose to or choose to not do. And other health related decisions are going to be taken away from you. And some people, not enough Probably realize that's already started and it's a full court press. And if more people don't recognize that this is happening, we're going to turn around one day and a lot of you are going to be saying to yourself, How the heck did we get here? And I want to give you one quick story. There is an organic farm in Pennsylvania run by an Amish fella who sells raw milk and other all natural organic products. His farm was raided by a team of, I believe it was FBI and maybe even one other uh, federal law enforcement organization last week. We can't even get those guys to work down at the border to prevent illegals from coming into the country, and yet they can send a team of FBI agents armed to go shut down a guy whose only, quote, sin is that he is providing real, whole, natural food to people in his surrounding area. So people better start paying attention to what's going on around them, or before you know it, you're going to be eating fake meat out of a tube, and it's going to be given to you by the government in a ration situation.
1: Well, speaking of, I got to address the meat thing, because I've been doing this for a couple of years, ever since uh, the the situation in 2020, and I'm not even going to call it a pandemic, but whatever it was, um, I I get... I stopped buying meat from the, from the, uh, basically for the most part from the supermarkets because who knows what's in that sometimes. So I, I go to good ranchers, to be quite frank and good ranchers. I, I like to taste of their meat. I are not a sponsor. I wish they were. Uh, but, um, you know, it's, it's, it, it's, great meat. So what, because you're on the front end of this and again, you know a lot more about nutrition and health than I do, What what are you seeing? What are you seeing in your, um, your client base as well. Are you seeing, are, are, are in general, are, are, are young athletes in better shape now than they were 15 years ago? Uh, just give us a general, just, a, you know, the, just what your eyes see. I know it's not a scientific study, so I don't want to right. hear any of that, but just what, what you're seeing from your own
2: experiences. Well, there's the phrase there, over-competing and under-training. So I get many of my young athletes are functionally, not great. Uh, they might perform well, but they have poor range of motion. They have poor body mechanics. They cannot understand basic verbal cues that have nothing to do with any kind of high level activity. You can take out a group of grammar school, middle school kids, and three quarters of them. Three quarters to a half or half to three quarters of them won't be able to skip, which is a huge problem, not just athletically, but developmentally. We've talked about this on shows since we started the network. Poor ankle range of motion, poor foot mechanics. Uh, all of the things that we are seeing manifest up the ladder in pro sports start are starting at this young age. So we have that part of it. And then we have my regular... Uh, my regular clientele, who are the non-athletic people who are looking to improve their lifestyle, they're still subjected to the nonsense and the propaganda that's coming from the mainstream about meat not being good for you, cholesterol being a problem, eggs being a problem, milk being a problem. And these are people, most of whom are with me all the time for years, and they're still very difficult to understand uh, it's very difficult to get them to understand it's not true i can send them and i do it i send them studies i send them data and they still are hesitant because the drumbeat of the message from quote the experts is so constant and is so drilled into them they they cannot comprehend it when it's in front of them the facts that run to the contrary
1: wow that's that's uh, fascinating and before i go to dave real quick um why can't they skip I mean it's not you know we, 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 we well, so you know, I had, we, we
2: deal with reality in the show why can't kids skip anymore I had a client who was a um who was a ther- uh, not a physical therapist an a, a, she did occupational therapy she worked with kids with learning disabilities and it's it's just one of the benchmark developmental it's almost like when when kids walk when they speak we we now know that whether it's the CDC or whomever's in charge of coming or the AMA, whoever's in charge of coming up with the benchmarks for children's development for walking and speech. Ever since the shutdown, they've moved the benchmarks out because kids were so screwed up by being isolated and having masks put on them and being held at home that their development was stunted to the point where I believe they pushed out by year, the different benchmarks re- with regard to walking and speaking skipping is another benchmark that is a reflection of development and it's not just a physical development it is a, a a cognitive mental physical connection development that when you get kids that are kindergarten first grade and they can't skip it's an issue and it could be re- uh, it could reveal other issues with them in their development so to me it's unbelievable how I've seen probably for 10 years now that you can't have kids that you have kids who can't skip still so and it's a reflection of environment diet nutrition all the things we've talked about one more thing I want to talk about Kevin and we talked about it on my show Dave and I did in uh in the late 30s early 40s 85 percent of people were breastfed uh were The industry and other, again, the experts had talked families, mothers, fathers into formula. By the time 1970 rolled around, only 25% of babies were breastfed. And if you look at the crash of our overall health and well-being, it coincides with this movement away from breastfeeding. And what we're also seeing now is because that was a willful, that was a choice. Now that the food supply has been uh, tainted by all these additives and chemicals, women's, women have had their hormonal cycles disrupted to the point where many women are having a hard time just producing enough me- breast milk to, to provide the most basic amount to their newborns. So we went from, it was a choice to move away from it. The food supply has been tainted and now women can't even express the breast milk that they need if they do choose, many women can't, if they do, do choose to breastfeed. And again, we've seen this with early puberty, all these other things physically that are going on with kids, obesity that have to do with the tainted food supply and the movement away from breastfeeding. Those things are not isolated, but they're closely related. Fascinating
1: stuff, Dave. What are you seeing out there with all your coaching and uh, you know, every day dealing with kids?
0: We, I think we we talk a lot about you know baseball and how baseball is becoming robotic, whether it's the one track swing or the cookie cutter approach to pitching. Uh, Sal, we get into you know the, the different things you just mentioned about training and nutrition and whatnot, and I think that's a it's a microcosm of our society. We become very robotic. Whether you're talking about children or adults, uh, almost like a Wikipedia or Reddit, where um, that constant push of um, the wrong way to do things is out there so heavily uh, in uh, whether it's transcripts or social media that we've we become drone-like. Uh, and I say we, meaning society. I'm certainly against, and I know you guys are, are against that. But uh, this lo- it's, they call it the uh, learned language model, and it's 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 how you would. If you were to develop an AI, artificial intelligence system, that's what you've done. And I, I believe whatever's going on out there has created a society now of, of robots, basically, Un, non-thinking, um, you know. And it, what's what's interesting about it is, you know, we deal a lot with kids. You would like to think that if kids are not thinking or adults are not thinking, that they would be great at following instruction and orders. But I, I'm seeing that, that get a little looser as well. And I think that probably lends it more, more to parenting than anything else. Um, so I, we're, seeing two, two major issues regarding that, where these kids are so droned in on their phones and their iPads, um, whatever spitting back at them, I mean, they're internalizing and they're becoming, like I said, almost robotic. Uh, and the, the, the parenting that we see, uh, again, not the knock on all parents, it's not the case for everybody, but the loose ties with parents, well, they will allow their kids to be on that for eight to 10 hours a day. Um. I think they have less impact in their kids' lives in terms of something simple like, you know, make your bed. Um, not a hard thing to do. It's not a negotiable thing. And I'm I'm lucky with our kids. We've we've kind of, we, we've stayed on ours pretty heavy. We homeschool ours. And I woke up this morning. Today's the first day of homeschool for the new year. And, uh, you know, I got up at 5 o'clock at 5.30. Two of the kids are up starting their stuff on their own. I don't tell them when to start. I don't tell them when to wake up. I don't tell them what order they have to do it. They've got to self-teach. And what, I think the the thing that bothers me the most, and it, it kind of lends itself to what Sal was talking about a little bit, we've lost that uh, that self teaching, the ability to just figure something out for yourself. Um, and I think there's a lot of self stuff, self reliance, self discipline, um, that whole self series that, that that's missing out there right now. And the stuff that we deal with on, online, the AI is not not helping. I think, you know, if whatever we're dealing with with our, you know, we don't want to call it a a pandemic. And if we're, you know, we're going to be, we chatted about the show being about the, the,
1: uh, my well, like what Sal said the shutdown. Yeah.
0: yeah. It's that truth teller network. You talked about that. Whatever, whatever happens and whatever's happening and whatever the the, the plan is, the master plan. Um, a lot of our kids and, and adults are falling right into it, uh, falling right into it because they're drone-like right now. So, and that's kind of what we're seeing. We're, we're trying to, we, we've identified 46 countries, uh, with our business. We do one-on-one and we, We've gotten into the fact of recruiting. It helps us kind of get into all these aspects we talked about, and our, our adjustment for the new year is we're going to get out there and be more visible personally because I think the online stuff has become so. Again, it's it's you can't compete against it. You can't compete against all this bad messaging. So we're going to go back to old school. Uh, we talked about pirate radio. We're going to go out and you know get meet people in person a little bit more in that regard to try to. Yeah, self-review. I think we
1: should. Uh, you know, we might even want to down the road consider you know, having symposiums or something like that where kids can just, uh, you know, learn, learn a different way. And, and again, that's, that's what this week in baseball was. I mean, I I hate to bring it all the way back, but that's, that's what I do. And this week in baseball, there was nothing choreographed. It was, you know, they would show bloopers, uh, but you had to see creative ways. One, One small point about it. And this is what they've taken away from baseball, uh, uh, there was a, you know, there was a great scene where Pete Rose slides in the third base right between head first slide in the third, you know, um, totally a masculine slide, you know, right in the third and right between the legs of the third baseman. And there was a play at second base where the Yankee literally had his, speak, his spikes up high and, and uh, head high and, and the second baseman went through the play. So you had to, the game was more uh, acrobatic. More ballet like and more physical. All that's been taken away, and I think we're dealing with a lot of, like you say, swing the same way. Now, guys, they're actually penalizing major league hitters in the big picture when they get a base hit to the opposite field that may drive in the winning run, but it's only seventy miles per hour. You know, so that goes on their big uh, exit velocity chart. Like, well, you know, he doesn't have, the, you know, he doesn't have the exit velocity that he should have. So. The common sense, um, a lot of common sense has been lost. And I think uh, we need to get that back. And, and, and all, for everybody who may disagree with us here, I have one, you know, talking about what's going on with, with the youth. Next time you drive by a school, like a, um, you know, a, a bus pickup or drop off point where kids are waiting for the bus, just take a look at what those kids are all doing. They all look at their heads down looking at their phone, no conversation. I see it all the time. The the lack of the inability to communicate at this age with some of these kids, is just, it's frightening. And you go past any bus stop anywhere in America, and you'll, I would say you'd see 90% of the kids looking down at their phones and not interacting. And that's an issue for me. Sal, what do you think about that?
2: Well, there's no question about that. And it goes back to, again, discussions we had early on about the concept of fragile versus anti-fragile, and you talked about, we talk about these athletes, and we've developed this system of development, in quotes, I'm putting development, where we were getting these one-dimensional fragile athletes that need to have the hour and a half warm-up before a game, and they need to do this, and they have to have everything just right, they have to have their two-gallon water jug with them. They need to have all of these things that are arranged from for them, so that if there's any disruption to the protocol, they they can't deal with it. And physically, we're seeing it because, again, Kevin, we've talked about this from before the show, uh, and it's continued through the show with this measures there with these measures they're taking to try to quote fix the problem. Pitch counts, days off. Uh, All the other euphemisms for giving guys extra rest, none of it works because the system has become the problem. And they're just putting more bad ideas into a system that's already horrendous. And I say this in my field. There are people who do what I do from the performance side that are forward thinking, doing some really good things. But the problem is they're still doing the old things that are counteracting, if not flat out overwhelming the good things they're trying to do. It's like my example of my clients who I can tell them and show them the study that says, when you feed people cholesterol, it doesn't raise your circulating cholesterol levels and red meat has and saturated fat has no association with the development of heart disease. They don't comprehend it because they've been trained not to. So that that we're, we're at that point, again, going back to what I said earlier, where all of the problems that are befalling us are affecting us across the board
1: well and starting pitching uh, if you look at starting pitching I have a paragraph in here and a few people uh, you know um, um, it, they just don't understand what's happening in baseball so I bring it all all around and, and and like I say in the article I say to this day I'm so glad I never knew Mark Fidrich's Mark Fidrich's spin rate but I did get to know how much he loved baseball and the fans. And that was all that mattered. So that's what – and now we're learning that instead of learning what a guy is about, we're learning, well, he, he has a certain spin rights. So, so the people in charge of baseball – They've really flat. They flat out ruined starting pitching. Now they're outsourcing. If you see it now, you're outsourcing starting pitching because uh, you know you have to bring in Yamamoto and all these players uh, from different countries and things, which is fine. I have no problem with that. But if you look at the way Yamamoto trains, it's totally different to what we teach our people to train. Well, and they'll ruin them. They'll, they'll ruin them. And, and you know what? It's funny you use. That I don't know agreement. if they will ruin him because I think I think he's going to be. He first of all, he's got the hammer or the money. He's got the hammer of going to an organization where he thinks he can control them a little bit and, and, and the stuff he does, I want to bring it back to football. Now you guys know, I said before the season started, when you asked me about quarterbacks, who was most impressive of the young ones, I said, CJ Stroud by far, not even close. And this was before the season. I saw him in a couple exhibition games. I saw what he did. And I, I don't know, Sal, if you're familiar with his warmup, but he does a multi uh, sport based warmup. up. he, 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 um, my daughter used to use this bat. It's like a weighted stick. It was like a hitting stick type of thing. And she used to use it to warm up uh, before she hit. So he uses that. He shoots basketball. This is all on the sideline. There's yeah. a bunch of other things he uses all parts of his body. That's what we've gotten away from. And Yamamoto, you know, he's very flexible. He does different things. Um, he doesn't just throw a, a, a you know, weighted ball against the wall, you know, uh, gaining speed and, and thinking and that's pitching. And, and uh, he uses he can he can do a you know he 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 really is like a gymnast. The things that he can do. So they, getting back to your point about how they've been trained. So even the people in Major League Baseball are making the decisions. They've ruined pitching. They're going a new way to get pitching, but they're not giving that new way any credit. And where are we going to go from here? And middle, you know, they're paying number first starters, like number one starters now. The, the, the bar has lowered incredibly so. So, so the, my, my, my big picture here is that, you know, the athlete is you losing the war. And then we also get to one other point I want to make before I forget it. What happened with the Raiders game, uh, not the Raiders game, the Saints game yesterday, uh, the players, they scored late. You know, Arthur Smith went crazy on Dennis Allen because they scored on a late play uh, after, uh, uh, you know, when they should have just taken a knee. Well, Dennis Allen called basically a victory formation, just take the knee, and the players overruled him and wanted to get a touchdown for one of their players. Yeah. That had happened in Vince Lombardi's day. <laughs> Could you imagine? So, so we're losing. Uh, you know, they don't even listen anymore. So it's
2: it's it's really a, it's 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 a tough war to win. Oh, that- oh no, and, and and again, as these things have been, I, I guess it's a, it's a reflection again. Just like everything, it's just one more domino that falls that. It's not making anything better. It's not to the benefit of the game, and uh, I I guess we're we're at that point. And I, I, you know, people say we're at a tipping point, blah blah blah. I think we're well beyond tipping point, well beyond uh, the point of no return. So uh, that's why, if we just take care of ourselves and hope we could get other people to start that, that's the only way to go go about it. And Kevin, it's the same thing with when I talk to some of my colleagues. You're, we're never going to be able to train, or ch- I'm sorry, change the way training is performed top down because no one wants to hear it. They want to stick to this old BS and they get shelter and comfort by the fact that they're just doing it the same way it was always done and no one's holding their feet to the fire. And until an organization does that, I've been fortunate to have a couple of high level athletes that I do it with and they have seen it and I'm worrying about changing that. I can't change everybody else. And I just had a situation with a club I work with who brought in another guy who is the typical bench press, deadlift, squat, all the same drills, throw out the ladder, and they're going to use that guy to do work in this lacrosse club. And I'm not going to be part of it because – that then perverts what I do, and it's that example I gave you before. Do some good things, but include the garbage, and the garbage overwhelms the good things. So I don't want to even be associated with that.
1: Well, that's, I, I think show. that's one of the things we have to do here. We, we have to show a, a new path, an old path slash new path for young athletes. And Dave, you do that kind of on a, on a daily basis, and well, what kind of feedback are you getting from your athletes?
0: Well, yeah, I and it, it's it was a different look for me because having coached at the college level for almost twenty years, and then getting back in the grassroots, it was eye opening to to uh, to what goes on. Whether it's the parents screaming and yelling, uh, you know, everything a coach says is optional. So I've been a little bit out on my own island with starting out, and, and bit by bit, grabbing back those old school parents that missed the days of when you're when you're. When your coach tells you to go in victory formation, you do victory formation. It's not a negotiable thing um, that everything doesn't have to be debated on. And, um, you know, it's it's been uh, good for us in a way because we've surrounded ourselves with people who are like-minded in that regard. And uh, it's been educational in a way where I, I have a hard time understanding how, and to go back to parents, how parents or coaches live with the idea of, I told my child to do something, do it. You know, it's not like you're asking something to do something in- inhumane
1: because my wife yeah. always and always
0: says that as well. Just do it. It's like, I, I, you know, the Jameis Winston thing yesterday, my initial take on it, because I didn't know he told Jameis Winston to do that. I've been on both sides of that, you know, where you're getting your butt kicked in. And uh, when I'm on the side of winning, I'll always show respect. Like, hey, we're not going to we're not going to like blatantly look like we're stalling, but we're going to, you know, we're going to show respect and not run it up. When I've been on the other side, I always think when I tell the coach, just play, just play. We've got to defend ourselves. We've got to. So my first reaction was just just defend, play, guard. What are you pissed off about that? You know, the guy scored. You're out there playing for X number of minutes, play. Don't give in. Don't die down. Get your guys to fight. If you can't do that, that's a you problem. But when I saw that, the the response from the the coach from New Orleans today, where he told Jameis Winston not to do that. And again, this is why I can't coach anymore. I would have released his ass on the spot. Exactly. He telling him that and him disregard now he maybe he was trying to do something positive for a teammate, but there's another time, another place. I would have released his ass on a spot and I would have made it that would have sent a message to the team, but I don't think head coaches anymore I mean barring a few. Sean Payton. Yeah, Sean Payton does. And he's look, look what's happening to him right now because he's, he's decided He's going be, be number one, one. it seems yeah. like in the uh, in the media world. Media's coming after him, you know, people in the players union and he's got a guy that's become complacent, that's not producing. Who cares who he's married to? Who cares what his persona is? Just do the freaking job. And then he's got Jared Stitter in there, there, who's a you know on a two-year contract, has been a career backup. He goes and wins some games. It's because he does what he's asked to do. And it's, uh, that, that's kind of what we see out there. I, I, uh, that, and that's what we're trying to promote, reward kids. And boy, we meet with some resistance, Kevin. I mean, I've had parents, uh, seemingly intelligent parents who have been coaches, uh, try to convince me that I'm out of my mind for rewarding kids for doing things the right way and not rewarding kids for sometimes doing it, sometimes not, regardless of their standing in the community. I don't care how much money they make, whatever. I'm trying to teach the kids a lesson. If you don't like what's going on, go somewhere else, go play for somebody else or go be a part of somebody else's program. But yeah, I couldn't. Someone asked me the other day, like, do you ever think of getting back innocent? Back in? Not for a minute, not for a minute. Um, because I'd be, I would, the day I negotiated my contract, is the day that I would sign my papers and say, okay, what's the buyout? Because I'm going to be fired by the end of the day for doing something or saying something that's not woke. And uh, so let's just get it over with right now. And I do have a solution for the, the 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 transgender thing with women's basketball. I got asked that question the other day off the record, if you guys ever want me to share with that, how to fix that problem.
1: Well, we should do a show on that, but not right yeah, now.
0: Yeah, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> I got I got a fix. And I, I said it the other day, they're like, oh God, that would be, it would, <laughs> it, would, it, would it would work. Yeah, I'm think- sure
1: it would work. And, and getting back to your point about, uh, you know, about uh, athletes going their own way. Well, I don't know if you guys, I'm sure you followed it, but you saw it. And, and you're seeing it more and more now in the NFL. You're seeing it in baseball. Uh, Verdugo with uh, with the Red Sox, Cora benched him last year um, because he can- showed up late. Couldn't he show up on time? And then we hear excuses. Well, he's going through some things or this or that or, you know, this and it goes back to where Bill Belichick said, do your job. But uh, Alexander uh, from the Packers a few weeks ago decided that when they were playing in Charlotte, decided to make himself team captain. And and, and he just, before the game started, he he said, I'm going to be a team captain. And he walked out with the, and made the call and almost screwed up the call where they, they would have wound up not having the ball basically either half. And and what did the Packers do? They they basically he didn't play the next week. Now that might have been an injury thing or whatever, but I don't think it was. I think they sent a message, and lo and behold, the Packers won a game, and now they're in the playoffs. So, so I still think there's room for doing the things the right way. And like I said in my article, even even the small point about about uh, you know this week in baseball, let me, let me crystallize it. Why I decided to do that article. And by the way, so many people responded to that article because they want this. They want this stuff. But I say, oh, here's here's how I phrase it. I say all this today because in an effort to get a real baseball fix in the first week of January and not just a winter baseball talk show about numbers and guesses where free agents will wind up and more guesses on what trades will be made or the latest signing of a four starter at best being paid number one starter money because the people in charge of baseball have not been able to develop starting pitching. I showed, I sought out this week in baseball on YouTube. That's, that, that's it in a nutshell to me where baseball is heading. And that's why they continue to, they're losing people too. You know what I'm saying? So it's, 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 it's across the board. We're trying to offer some solutions here and, you know, but we also have to be critical of what's going on because if, if you, if you keep your head in the sand, you know, you're eventually going to get buried with your head in the sand. Um, and, and that's where I'm at. And I know in your own little ways, you guys are doing the same thing. And, and what, what advice specifically, Sal, would you have for an athlete who wants to kind of reach his potential and kind of not be afraid to try something new? And uh, where does he go from here? And number one advice, my, my number one advice is get off the iPad, you know, get off the uh, get off the electronic stuff. Uh, I see it on a daily basis, you know, all the time. Uh, what 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 type of where, where, where do these young athletes go from here to begin with?
2: Well, I, the first nutrition, nutrition and sleep are the building blocks. So if you have kids up and they're whether it's just not sleeping for sleeping sake or they're up on their console or their iPad or tablet or. Or phone, whatever you want to. Or playing video games to late, late. Right. Night. I mean, if you're not getting your eight hours sleep, if you're not getting your protein, you know, the young body, Kevin, is a very forgiving thing, and you can be a little bit off the path occasionally because, so I, I do see it with some athletes, and and again, we we're, we're talking about the general ninety nine percent of kids that I see now. All of those kids they think, here, here's the thing we don't talk about. They think they're going to go play in college, and I'm not being unkind or overly judgmental, but I, after 35 years of doing this and working with people both that were fantastic when they were young and that are at the top of their game as an adult and all points in between, and Kevin, I'm sure you see the same thing, There is a pattern of behavior and there's a personality and an emotional component that you can just tell when kids have it. And here's the other problem. Again, we don't spend enough time on it. These parents are totally delusional. They think their kids are going to get Division I scholarships for whatever the sport is. And they're just flat out not. So that's the problem. The the goal and the, the prize, if you want to call it that, for too many kids is this ridiculous goal of, playing a division one sport and getting a scholarship. It's almost as if you're not going to worry about the day to day of your financial situation and thinking you're going to win the lottery and that's going to fix things. So that's part one. Part two is because that goal is such a big picture goal, which is okay to have, they don't do the other things. And like I said, it's nutrition, it's sleep, it's rest, and it's, Staying active. These kids that play these weekend tournaments and don't do anything all week except maybe their two scheduled practices, and then go out and play five games on a weekend. You're not getting better there. You you might be good. And I tell my younger clients this all the time: if you're good as an eighth grader and you've got that benefit, you're the beneficiary of being a little more mature, bigger, stronger, a little faster as an eighth as a mature eighth grader that is not going to be the margin between you and those other kids as you go up the ladder because all that equals out the kid who as an eighth grader is barely touching the field more times than not that's the kid that's going to be the better player as as high school progresses so that that's the other thing we're we're mistaking and kids nowadays are older than they used to be with kids staying back a year reclassing they call it
1: well, you get college kids. are six years in college. Well, that but, but, that, well, but yeah.
2: that, then, that's a different story. I'm talking about. We're. we're to, I've seen it again, especially during the shutdown and kids losing a year of high school. What what kids with means did was step out of the public school system, go repeat the same year they were in in a a prep school system, and get an extra year and get an extra year in front of coaches. So. The problem is the fundamentals are gone. And Kevin, you've talked about it in baseball. The fundamentals have been gone in baseball for how long? So that, that's why things ultimately break down. You can't just rely on your natural talent. And you have to, at some point, have this fundamental program of working on the basics to keep yourselves in the mix. And we just don't get that. Kids are not going out on their own. And I'm going to brag a little bit about my son who plays college lacrosse. He went out almost every day over his holiday break. And did something and worked out. Ran. He just had his test this morning because lacrosse starts today. For the you know, lacrosse is really a winter sport. Most people don't realize it. Uh, college lacrosse starts starts today with practice, and the games start early February. So you, if, uh, lacrosse is an interesting sport, Kevin. If you're not disciplined, yes, it's the only sport I know that has a, ba- a break where you're not at school. And then you get back to school and the season starts up because football, you're there all summer and you you go right into preseason and you're there. You're not going home. These D1 kids are not going home for the summer. They're staying at their school and working out. Lacrosse, because of the holiday break, you're home. So these kids have a lot on their shoulders. And I recognize that in younger guys that never and girls, they never go out and do stuff on their own versus the ones that do go out and do stuff on their own. That's
1: the key. I see that all the time, too. If, if you're not doing stuff and, and I'm, I'm, I want to speak directly to the young athletes here, you know, I know we have like, uh, you know, a lot of them who listen. If you're not going out on your own, you're cheating yourself. It's that simple. You're cheating yourself. Well, and, and you know what? If you're just working out with your trainer, your coach, your whatever. If you're not going out on your own and doing something. And again, I come from the age where we were out on our own doing something all the time. That's why my generation was great athletes. And that's why the, the baseball generations from the 70s uh, uh, and 80s which were just incredible
2: athletes because they did, they did everything on their own. Well, and you know what, Kevin, I, this is a, a, and since we do have more adults, here's my message to parents. If you have a kid, now I'm not talking sixth, fifth, sixth, seventh necessarily, but if you have a kid, even if it's that age, and again, depending on the sport that you're paying a lot of money for right. a club sport experience, and you can't get your kid to do extra work, then I would tell you not to waste your time because right. all college athletes that are, going to get scholarships and and are going to play, and or even if it's get consideration as a D3 kid that doesn't get scholarships, if your kid's not going out and doing that, then you should think hard and fast about shelling out whatever that is you're spending on club sports. Because if you're spent, you could easily spend – Or six lessons.
1: A, lessons too. But, so right. I all of continue. that. All, all yeah.
2: of that. If your kid can't go out and shoot free throws and practice his jumper – And if you're a lacrosse kid and he's not out in this weather in sweats, running and doing wall ball and working on things, then stop paying for that other stuff. Because those lessons, while they're nice, don't make up for it. And I could tell you kids that had the money and the resources and went to the good schools, had the best private training, played for great, uh, great, quote, great clubs, never made it because they never did anything on their own. And they don't know how to do things on their own. So again, message to parents: If your kids eighth grader or older, and you're in that mill of club and lessons and all that, and their kid and your kids not going out on their own, you could stop it right now.
0: You know why, Sal? They do that. They don't, they don't want to think. The parents they they've they've lost so much um, self reliance. I hate to go back. I, I have this whole self series that we go through where you know you want to promote self teaching, like we're talking about self discipline, self custody, where. You know, you got to you got to own your stuff, whether it's your money or your work ethic, self care, what you talk about a lot, self reliance. And these kids are drone like. If they if they're not told what to do, and it, again, we we laugh because it's it's selective. They can choose not to do what they're told as well. Um, we we've got a rule with our kids. If we're going to pay for something, they owe me ninety minutes a day extra in term whatever they're working on. So if I am paying for piano lessons, they're going to be in it for a certain amount of time, learn the basics, and they got to they've got to branch out. Otherwise, they become they they're taught how their teacher learned, and they're basically kind of it's it's another version of being drone like. I, yeah, I was,
2: I'll tell you what though, kev, uh, Dave, there's kid, parents who who can buy everything for their kids now. They can buy success in school, and I'll I'll put success in quotes. They can buy into high levels, uh, edu- higher what, institutions of higher learning, which we know what they're worth. So you can buy all that. You can't. You can't buy athleticism for your kid. You can't buy the things you need to be a successful athlete. So that's why some of these sports, and I think baseball is one of them, lacrosse is one of them. If you you know the club basketball system, you have to be able to buy it. Now, if you're good enough, your talent will buy it to a point. You're not going to be able to get in past that highest or get over that highest hurdle in, in basketball unless you're good. You can buy you can't buy your way into that uh sport either, so that's what's going on here, and that's why these club sports have been invented because it's a a money grab and b in some sports you're getting that where it's gotten to the point where kids are buying their way parents are buying their way into the access at the highest levels
0: what's well, it's a ruse too because we as I tell kids we work with recruiting. College coaches or scouts, they're going to go find the players, whether the kid plays on Mars or he plays for some named team. The kids that are getting buffaloed are the the mid level kids that aren't good enough that are being told, We got this player signed at such and such a place. Well, that kid would have gotten signed no matter what. And these other parents, as you're talking about, are paying money thinking they're going to live that same dream. And I mean, there's three quarters of a million roster spots for high school baseball right now, there's only 40,000 roster spots for college baseball. Um, and 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 that's that's every level. There's only ten thousand roster spots for Division One baseball. Three quarters of a million roster spots for high school. So if anybody thinks they're buying into that, they're at, and there's only eleven point seven scholarships for D one. I mean, that, but I, I agree with you. That's what the parents think they're doing, but it's it's a ruse. It's a big, like we talked about with with the other topics on the show today. There's this false information being put out there that you can get what you want at the highest levels without working for it. You can just pay for it and. Um I guess in some cases it is true but uh not not for the great ones not for not for the ones that want to make it last. And well
2: and 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 you you bring up a great point Dave because as of now there's basically 70 lacrosse the D1 lacrosse schools. So on average those schools are taking maybe 12 kids that might be the high average. So that's 840 kids. There are tens of thousands of kids playing. And, and all of these schools 30 years ago, it hasn't changed much in 30 years, but what's exploded has been the rosters at the high school level. You never could get kids playing west of, you know, well, it was a rarity. You had kids playing west of the Mississippi. Now it's a it's a nationwide state and the most populous states in the nation are playing. California, Texas have picked it up. Florida's picking it up. So there's it, exponentially more kids playing and there's no more opportunities to play. Yeah. And yet these parents are insistent and thinking, and these clubs sell it that they could buy their way in and, and you just can't.
0: No. So Kevin wants, I want to just throw this one more point in. We, the reason why we started doing one-on-one with recruiting during the beginning phases of COVID was to prove a point to travel sports that they weren't needed to get kids signed. We got almost, I think it was 250 kids signed to scholarships, during that first year of COVID where there was no travel sports being played at all. And that was my message to travel sports. Like you're not needed. And it did hurt some of it, but you know, as, as the engine goes, people making money, it's, it's too fast of an engine to stop at all. But um,
2: as and people result, don't do their
0: homework, so they no, don't know. Yeah. We, it's, it's really hard. But again, you, you, you give attention to the people that that get it and then you try to help the people that just don't get it, but they, they're willing to listen. The ones that don't get that they don't get it. I'm not bothering with. No, well, and I
1: think that's and that's what we do at our show. If you don't get it, don't listen. If you do get it, you're going to learn. And the uh, uh, and we don't care because uh, you know I think we're all successful at what we do. Um, you know, I, you know, I had a long writing career. I'm still uh, writing at the age of 70, so that's pretty pretty damn good in my book. And 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 still getting paid for it. That's the key, you know, and uh, that's important. A couple of things. I'm a big believer in history, too. I'm reading the book, David Havillstein's book now in the 50s. That's the other thing, kids. Go out and read a book once in a while. You know, go read a book. You know, and not, not a, what do they call them? The uh, novel, the something uh, novels now that they have now. It's basically a comic book. Um, I see it all the time when I stop by the library. The kids are reading these comic books, basically. And it's not wrong with with com- real comic books. I mean, that's, that, that's the way to go, too, in life. But I'm a big believer in history. I'm looking at the country now. All the things we just said. And, um President Kennedy, nineteen sixty two TV was taking over. Um, things were happening. All of a sudden, he did a he you know, he 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 he, he did some research on Teddy Roosevelt. And all of a sudden he started a fitness campaign you know, remember we, we used to have, you know, like great athletes would come and be part of Kennedy's uh, fitness campaign and that got people working out. It was a great idea. You know, we don't see that now at all from the government. Matter of fact, we, we bear, talk about skip, not being able to skip or walk or whatever. We see that almost every day in our leaders. And, um, the, the, the thing that I, could you imagine? And again, I grew up in this era. At that year I, I was nine years old. So I was in the middle of that, uh, Could you imagine both you guys, if you get, say you got a job tomorrow, just for fun, you become a gym teacher. Um, and I don't know if that's what they call them anymore, but a gym teacher. And imagine if you, if you started and we'll leave on this, you guys can talk about it, but I think we've, we've touched a lot of bases here. You become a gym teacher and you on your own, you know, you follow the Kennedy plan or whatever, and you know what you, you add two little things to your, your gym class. You add climbing the rope, and you add dodgeball. So <laughs> sure, you probably get fired very quickly. Right. But two simple things like that taught us a lot oh, as kids. Climbing God. a rope, you know. Could you imagine if you had people? How, how many kids could climb a rope like, today? If you went in normal warm up class, it would be <laughs> unbelievable. But I, I just want to throw that out
0: there and get your your, your individual thoughts. Yeah, I, I like it. I think. You Know we used to use, uh, I think. Did you, you the one that posted it, Kevin, on social with the rope climbing? The one yeah, day? I did, yeah, I uh, yeah. we used to have to do that. I like for, to irritate people, I loved it though. I, that. that was warm up, we used to do that for warm up. And I, I think I commented underneath if you did that nowadays, the kids would fail warm up, they never even get to the next, they never get to skipping after that. Or, whatever and let me
1: was. mention too, oh, some of the best uh, rope climbers back in my day were, were, were women, uh, in, they, they, they just had the ability to climb that rope. So this is not a man thing, you know, now dodgeball may have been a different story. Uh, but uh, you know, so, so, so it was great for everybody climbing a rope. Yeah.
0: Catch, catch. And that's, uh, we, we watched, there was something on, uh, on the internet as well with the, with the dodgeball. And I think it was, it, it was something with the men versus women. It was a battle with, you know, men playing women's sports and it showed a guy, just crushing a girl, uh, in the head. And that used to be a, that was a rule that never existed when we I never,
1: was. Yeah. We would never hit when a girl's in the head back. Yeah, then. Yeah.
0: But you, like anybody else you could, but the other part we were watching was all these people were rolling around dodging the ball. And I just kept thinking like, catch the damn thing. That's what,
1: <laughs> that's what you do. Then. Yeah. And then you become the aggressor.
0: Yeah. <laughs> like we need to catch more dodge balls in, in life holy shit like catch it <laughs> that's a that's how you became effective and the so one Kennedy
1: was on the right path and we you know
0: uh you know he got us and he and again similar
1: type things when i say we're watching tv we were all locked into our tvs just like kids are locked into their little video pads video pads now or whatever so so he he, he figured something out and and fixed the problem we're not fixing the problem. Sal, what, what, what's your thoughts uh, of uh, you, Sal opening up a dodgeball climbing rope organization?
2: Well, I bet you, well, that's why one of the reasons CrossFit has become so popular, because I know that rope climbing is a big part of their, and related skills is a big part of their their workout and their competition scheme. That's why they have a lot of gymnasts and otherwise well-rounded athletes at the highest level of that organization. Uh, of those competitions and, I, and you know it's good for them because you th- those are the things those real world activities that push the body and everyone's worried about the bench press and the squat and the deadlift and you could lie down and you could do the smith machine squat and all that nonsense go out and do do a set of uh a rope or try to rope climb and then the dodgeball thing is it, it's an all the things you want to work on uh agility it's a it's the ultimate what you call an open sport you have to contend with differences in the environment everything that's going on you have to be able to move in all three planes and be able to throw and and do all those things it's a great activity as a matter of fact i think that would be a great way to train for just about any any sport i, I would love to if i get back into the position where i'm going to have a team and have the time to do that dodgeball is going to be one of the things I institute for sure. And I,
1: I want to emphasize too, we're not talking about hitting people in the head nor dodgeball. No, of course it's not. Volleyball. And, and, uh, and that's, we're what, the way. Way. Matter fact, I'm, I think I'm still playing dodgeball to some extent when I take on MLB and some of the stupid things they do. Yeah. I, I aim right for the chest.
0: And they're, they're not trying to catch it either.
1: No, they're not trying to catch it. They're trying to eliminate instead of making themselves better. And, uh, so, so I think the, the the final lesson here is we're getting up on an hour, uh, close to an hour, is that uh, you know take you know in this new year, take control of of your body, your work, your 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 workouts, um, what you eat, how, how you rest, um, all those things. And uh, I'll I'll let each of you guys have a last word. Go ahead, Sal. You go first.
2: Well, like I said, people need to. Take interest. I've done a series of like short videos on Instagram the last week or so. I I am encouraging people to be their own expert. Be your own expert. Research the things that you see that will give you a shot to be healthier. Don't just look at living. I said, don't be concerned with living longer. Be concerned with being healthier longer. Who cares if you live to ninety? If your last twelve years are in a, a drug induced, drug supported kind of semi stupor. Get out there and and exercise. There's almost no form of exercise that's going to be bad for you. Obviously you want to make the most, but be your own expert. And and like I said, we'll have more pushback if it really does get to this point where I'm doing it selfishly. I think if more people are aware that we need to eat real food, it's going to be harder to have that right taken away from us. If we have people happy eating Doritos, and Gatorade and process crap in wrappers and bags, then we're never going to be able to push back. So be your own expert,
0: Dave. Like yeah, I get, uh just so both you guys know, Sal, your videos are part of our homeschool right now. Um, and Tanner says he goes, Man, that Sal's intense because you're always looking looking, uh, looking pretty, pretty intense in those video ar- things. And Kevin, your ball nine articles are reading now for our, our kids, so you've got the uh, four new readers in your audience, but I, like I would. I would challenge, uh, you know, our audience, we taught, talk, we talked a lot about taking ownership today, self-teach, you know, don't, don't get caught up in, in the drones, uh, you know, listening to what you're told by, uh, you know, a hitting instructor, pitching instructor, whatever it may be, you know, to challenge yourself, self-teach, self-discipline, self-custody, self-care, self-reliance. Let that be kind of a, a guiding point for you for the, for the new year here and take, take back ownership of your brain, your community, you know, and your, your personal being.
1: that's good stuff and uh so so in a nutshell listeners read a little bit more read some history you know don't be afraid to learn some things and uh you know seek out different books not just things that are are um uh you know put on your feed you know because half the time the things put on your feed are things you should stay away from you know uh go to the library see if you can find some good books there um and the other thing I want to say, it made me think of it, but it's a real simple thing. This this might be this might be the solution to everything. Don't be a drone. You know that might be it. You know, don't be a drone, and uh, you know, be the best that you can be. I always taught my kids when they played to enjoy every moment they were playing in a game or as a baseball. They all played college ball. My daughter was a softball player. So two baseball players, uh, one softball player. My daughter also played college basketball for a while. So they enjoyed every, every, you know, until dad was being a jerk. You know, I I met there were times I was a jerk, you know. Um, But they enjoyed every moment of it. And uh, it it was fun to see. Don't be afraid to challenge yourself. And parents, don't be afraid to... uh, do some homework too, and not just listen to uh, the, the latest garbage that comes across your feed. And with that, I'm out. But uh, Dave, wrap it up first.
0: Yeah, guys, great episode today. A lot of energy too. Glad to be back. Episode 399 in the books for Coach and Kernan. Real voices of the game. Uh, make sure you follow uh, Kevin online with Ball Nine support. what He's doing. Sal's active on Instagram. Support him as well. And of course, we got a full slate of shows for you this week. Coffee's on Kevin this month. You'll see. Uh, it put out online. Uh, we've got a new format to do that, but Kevi K K E V I K twenty. He's a coffee's on AMBS. All the blackout coffee, too. blackout baby. Get it, and um, you know we've got some new sponsors. So pay attention to the sponsor ads we read before ZenCaster and Liquid IV. We're also partnering with Jaw Bats now. We'll get some information out to you there. But we appreciate your guys' support. We're gonna have a great New Year here, and guys, thanks so much for a great show today. All right, happy New
2: Year. Thanks. Yep, see you guys.